The jukebox was playing a sad song about lost love as Stanley pushed open the heavy wooden door to the castle and greeted the regulars. "'Evening, Stanley,' said old Bill from his usual seat by the fireplace. "'What's your mate?' said young Bill, who was standing by the fruit machine. "'Hello, young man,' said gullible George, who was sitting on a stool by the bar. Stanley had lived above the pub all his life. The squeaky sign outside his bedroom window showed a picture of a turret and a drawbridge, but, in reality, there was nothing castle-like about the place. Sometimes it felt more like a prison, with his half-brother Doug as the jailer and the regulars as fellow inmates, albeit ones with no desire to escape. "'Where's Doug?' asked Stanley. "'In the cellar changing barrels,' replied young Bill. "'Good day at school?' "'Brilliant!' I got a science prize, scored the winning goal in football and was voted most popular boy in school for the third term running. It was a joke he made every day, but young Bill still laughed and gullible George still said, That's very impressive, Stanley. Well done. Another miserable day, eh? said old Bill. I don't know why you bother going to that place. He's thirteen, you idiot, said young Bill. He asked her. Thirteen? I was working by then, learning real lessons, hard lessons, lessons in life. I don't teach you things like that at school, said old Bill. What lessons did you learn sweeping up air in a barber's shop? asked young Bill. I ain't always been a barber, replied old Bill. I've seen things that make your hair curl. Yeah, they're called curling tongs, said young Bill, winking at Stanley. With his parents gone, and only Doug to look after him, the regulars were the nearest thing Stanley had to a family. He liked sharing a joke with young Bill, often at George's expense. Old Bill would offer advice and give him and Doug free haircuts in return for an occasional pint and packet of crisps. Doug emerged from the cellar door. Oh, back now, are you? he said. He was in a bad mood, but this was nothing new. Doug had been in a bad mood for as long as Stanley could remember. He was always complaining that business was slow, or that it was unfair that he had to look after Stanley. "'You been up to no good again?' he asked accusingly. "'No,' said Stanley. "'Tell him about your science prize,' said gullible George. "'Don't lie to me. You've been up to something.' "'I'm not lying. I don't lie,' said Stanley.' Why else are strangers coming in here asking for you? Doug pulled one of the beer taps and sent foamy beer spluttering into a pint glass. What strangers? asked Stanley. There were two of them, said young Bill. Tall fellas, pasty faces, funny clothes. What did they want? You tell me. But your teacher called me today to say that you've been late every day this term. It's funny because you always leave here with plenty of time and now these two men turn up. Give him a break, Doug, he's a good kid, said old Bill. Mind your own business, Bill, unless you want to find yourself barred again, snarled Doug. This orphan's going off the rails. Don't call me that, said Stanley. That's what you are, a kid with no parents. I thought you two were brothers, said gullible George. We're half-brothers, and my mum's still alive, ain't she, said Doug. When my old man went and remarried, I told him no good had come of it, When they died, I got lumbered with this little thief. I'm not a thief, protested Stanley. 
You must have got that from your mum, because my old man was straight up. I didn't get it from anyone, because it's not true. Doug picked up gullible George's empty pint glass and refilled it. I remember kids like him at school. Liars and thieves. Do you know where they ended up? Bromley? asked George. Prison, replied Doug. He said in the same way, I reckon. Stanley went upstairs. There were only so many times he could protest his innocence. Doug would never believe him. The next day, he was sitting on the top deck of the bus on the way to school. Downstairs, the windscreen wipers squeaked rhythmically against the window as they fought a losing battle against the rain. Upstairs, the inside of the window steamed up with the passenger's stale morning breath. Stanley wiped away the condensation from the window to check that no one from his class was waiting to get on. Even though he